Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, fourth and final hour, 855-839-1210, is how you climb in on social media at 1210WPHT. Stream us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Morning Mystery Movie Clip at 920. You will be playing today uh, and each day this week for a pair of tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, which is coming up for eight days from January 13th to January 21st. For tickets and more info, visit phillyautoshow.com. So that'll be the prize each and every morning today, uh, this week at 920. It's that time of year, right? Gun show. We've got the auto show. I think the boat show comes up in, what, February? So it's, uh, it's you know, uh, vehicle show season. Show season. <laughs> show season. It really is. So we'll hook you up with those coming up at 920 today. Harry Mays at 930 on the Eagles debacle yesterday as the playoffs are set. Somehow, some way, the Eagles will actually be in the playoffs. They don't look like much of a playoff team, and they will play Tampa Bay uh, a week from today. It'll be the Monday night game for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, a lot of good stuff if you missed it earlier in the show. The big take on Joe Biden in Bluebell. Uh, Barack Obama concerned about Joe and the campaign. Donald Trump, Supreme Court, that date is set for Colorado for February the 8th. And also some of the other stories that we've been discussing, like the William Penn statue, uh, which will be coming down. And also, coming. speaking of coming down, the voting age in New Jersey for primary. So if you missed any of that from earlier this morning, hit up the Odyssey app, download the app and get the rewind feature and get caught up to speed. Uh, but a couple of stories when it comes to Gen Z, we always find these fascinating And I I do love talking about the different generations from the baby boomers to the Gen Xers to the millennials to the Gen Zers to, I guess today's now, my daughters would be Gen Alpha. Um, But Jodie Foster, who I think we all remember, uh, says that Generation Z can be really annoying to work with. And Mm -hmm. I would actually agree with her. Uh, Jodie Foster said helping young female actors navigate the often difficult waters she had already sailed was important for her. She does, though, say that sometimes she finds Generation Z, quote, really annoying, but she hopes that she can help budding stars find their own path to help them, quote, learn how to relax. In an interview with The Guardian, the actor admitted that she had found the attitudes to work she had encountered difficult to understand. She says, quote, they are really annoying, especially in the workplace. They're like, nah, I'm not feeling it today. I'm going to come in at 1030 a.m. Or in emails, I'll tell them, this is all grammatically incorrect. Did you not check your spelling? And they're like, why would I do that? Isn't that kind of limiting? Question mark. She goes on and on and on in this article written by The Guardian. But she is so accurate with this. And I know I sound like old man yelling at the clouds and get <laughs> off my lawn. But the the Generation Z, and I I thought it was interesting because it'll actually lead us into the next Gen C story, and I've been sitting on this one for a couple of days now, um, where she says that they have trouble learning how to relax, which is interesting. I think she's implying that they have anxiety issues, which they certainly do, although my contention would be with the interactions that I've had in my life with Gen Zers. And even a lot of millennials, and again, I like to portray, I like to say that I'm more gen, I feel like I truly identify 
with kind of the demeanor and the mindset of Gen Xers. Um, and I know I missed the cutoff by like two or three years, but I, I, Gen Z learned to relax. If they were any more relaxed, at least externally, they would be in a coma. Every time I see Gen Zers, it's like they don't have a pulse. So I, I don't know, maybe she's uh, in a different walk of life where she sees Gen Zers that are um, on edge all the time. But my biggest beef in in radio, having worked with, and even when I was out of radio and working at a law office and being around younger people, um, I, I would look at the the Gen Zers and I'm like, do you have any motivation? Like, there's just no... Yeah, like, but, um, yeah but the generation before that said that about us. Gen X, yeah. my generation was the slacker generation. Everybody looked at 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 my generation with the you know with the baggy pants and the dyed hair and all that stuff. And be like, huh, you guys, right. a bunch of slackers. That's all. That's all you are. We were the slacker generation. That's that's how everybody knew us. Especially you know if you were born in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. So so I'm all I'm saying is is be careful when you sit here and say oh they have no motivation because that's what our parents and the generation before said about us. So do we all outgrow it and eventually become motivated? Do we all uh, like I mean will Gen Z now at um no, it's age 22 like 15 years from now will they sound like I do now as far yes. as talking about Gen Alpha being on un- You read that you okay. read that thread a couple months ago. Remember where every generation going back hundreds of years has complained about the generation. Oh yeah, the newspaper thread. Yes. yes. So like it is or behind them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's it it's just it happens. It happens all the time. I'm not saying there's not. I'm not saying there's not merit to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that like this generation is not any better or worse than we were. It's just different. Yeah. They have different issues than we had, and. What I think Jodie Foster in this is talking about is I think that I actually do think that that Gen X or Gen Z is very high strung. And I think that there's a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 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 on us, the parents who put it on them. Yeah, I think a lot of this is induced by external factors, like you said, like parenting. Remember, we just talked about and social media, social media, social media. If you look at social media, the world is ending. Everything is doom and gloom. Everything is this, that, and the other. Of course, they have anxiety. Yeah, because they're sitting there doom scrolling all day. Well, social media creates this this urgency. Like right, like when you're in in news media or sports media, you're always told to create a sense of urgency with everything you talk sure. about. It's it's part of the craft. Um, but you know, when you look at some of these Gen Zers today, I just feel like the things that they get in a tissy about. I mean, for, from from what I gather, and again, I'm not on TikTok. I'm only on Twitter. But when I see like libs of TikTok posting stuff that comes from TikTok, the things that like I said earlier this morning, the only thing that seems to rev Joe Biden up is January sixth. The only thing that seems to rev up Gen Z is a lot of this identity politics pronoun stuff within that LGBTQ community. And from the interactions that I've had with Gen Zers, the only thing that seems to get them a little worked up is when you get too too difficult on them. You get a little too like if you start to be a little too demanding, they get their their backs up against the wall. Like, well, you actually expect me to do work, and it's like, well, yeah, you're like I, I don't know if if I was just raised differently, but that has always been something that's always kind of perturbed me a little bit with just like when. You, like almost as if expectations are encroaching upon um, 
their safe space or their personal <laughs> space. They're like, bro, like take a step back. And it's like, well, you, you, you ask somebody to do something three or four times and they don't do it. And then you're like, you raise your voice a little bit. Oh, my God, he's, he's attacking me. I, I feel like that's the society we live in today with Gen Z. Like, that's the thing with my girls, too, because my girls are Gen Alpha. I have to be very careful the way I use my voice with them because they can be very, you know, they're nine-year-old girls. And my wife has told me about this. She's like, you can come off very aggressively. She goes, I know you don't always mean it and you're not an angry, bitter person, but you come off a little uh, rough around the edges and hard at times. So I'm always trying to, like, work on that, especially with, like, my daughters, but that's kind of where I, I, I look at the, the Gen Z stuff. And it's interesting that, you know, she um, and she being Jodie Foster says uh, about the anxiety, because the next story that I said we would lead into, and this is from businessinsider.com. Gen Z has menu anxiety. I kid you not. Gen Z has menu anxiety and they ask people to order for them in restaurants. Listen to this data. 67% of people in the United Kingdom, so this is a UK study, have had menu anxiety when ordering at a restaurant, a survey found. An overwhelming 86% of Gen Zers have struggled with menu anxiety when ordering at a restaurant. And this is according to a new survey by Prezzo Italian Restaurant, which polled 2,000 people in the UK. The younger generation said they wouldn't go to a restaurant if they hadn't looked at a menu beforehand. Menu anxiety was largely triggered by the cost of the meal, not being able to find something they like on the menu, and or regretting what they ultimately ended up ordering. Over a third of millennials, so this is my generation, said having too many options on a menu was also a trigger. Now, I don't know about you. I consider myself to be a little bit of a, a foodie. I like different restaurants. I like sampling different things, different cultures. Um, I, I get tired of like, uh, like my wife and my daughters, you know, they want to go to Red Robin. Chicken. I always tell my wife she's like a chicken finger and french fry type gal. I like to have all sorts of different stuff. Never once in my life did I feel like I needed to look at the menu in advance before going to a restaurant. And I can't imagine what is going through somebody's mind at a restaurant where you all of a sudden have an, and I'm not trying to make fun of anxiety. I get it. People have anxiety. People take medicines. Yeah, Stalker, you talked about this last week with the, with the Iowa shooting about, you know, all the, the, you know, ill adverse effects and side effects of doping up all our children in society with all of these medicine, you know, medications, but having a panic attack and an anxiety issue over dining at a restaurant, I mean, that's one of the most casual things, the most enjoyable things you can do is going out to eat. And these people are having anxiety over the menu. And these are 40-year-olds? No, so these are, no, these, they, are, these are Gen Zers. Oh, Gen Z. Gen Z. Menu anxiety. Like, you roll into a restaurant and, oh, my God, there's seven different salads, eight burgers, ten different beef meals you can have, six pastas and four seafoods, and, and they, they lose their mind over it? Like... I mean, and and this is this is the society. This is the group that apparently is the enlightened crowd that's going to save America and turn this country into what it really can achieve and strive to be. Menu anxiety. This is this is the example of parenting. So this is just a coddled group. 
you know, and I think it does depend on where they grew up and their family. Because I think most families would be like, fine, don't eat. Right. Or you can have some of my fries. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll save money. But you make a good point, because I've, I've said this to my daughters, where there's times where they try to, they want to order off the adult menu, and I'm like, no, you're going to get off something off the kid's menu, especially if they have a really good kid's menu. And, you know, the waiter will come out, or the waitress will come out and get drink orders, uh, and then an appetizer. And, you know, my girls, when the, the first thing they always do, first of all, the, one thing that has to stop is bringing in the iPad to the restaurant. You don't need to bring the iPad into the restaurant. You don't need to bring your well, phone in. It's family time. To be fair, Nick, that's up to you as a parent to enforce that. I agree. I agree. I got to start putting down my foot more. Um, and then you get the um, the restaurants that give you like the little crayon and the little coloring packet or like the little puzzle and the uh, the crosswords and you can play tic-tac-toe on. They immediately want to do all of that stuff instead of looking at the menu and figuring out what they want to eat. Well, so when wait, wait, hang on, hang on. As to having a three-and-a-half-year-old, uh, those those restaurants with those things are a godsend. Oh, because, of course. Because it keeps us... Preoccupied. It, it keeps them preoccupied while we order. Yes. So yes. But now that my daughters are nine, yeah, uh, they, no, sh- I, they shouldn't have to be as preoccupied all the time. And it's so frustrating when the when the waiter or waitress comes out and, like, are you ready to order? And nobody has... And I've seen this, too, with adults, where multiple mm-hmm. times the waiter or waitress has come out and they still, because they're gabbing and talking or looking at their phone, and they still haven't figured out what they want to order, which Here's I find you frustrating. You may, you just give them a choice of two things. Go, do you want the grilled cheese or the mac and cheese? Which which one do you want? <laughs> That's pretty much it, yes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you're what, right. What form of disgusting cheese would you like to have? <laughs> what kind of cheese and carbs do you want? It's mac and cheese, grilled cheese, it's the burger or the chicken fingers. Yeah. Well, let me say this, you know, you say about, uh, you know, making sure you know what you want and all that stuff. Like a lot of times you go into these restaurants and the waiter or waitress is right there. Okay. What can I get you? Let's do this. Okay. Let's like, like, give me some time. You know what I mean? Like I want the restaurant experience. I want to sit down. If I'm not with my child, I want to have a drink. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to the person that I'm there with, maybe order an appetizer and then get the meal. Like enough. The problem is, is that you order the appetizer and five minutes later they bring out the main course like no take that stuff back well, yeah, I'm not ready for it yet yeah. well, you I'm can ask to say do you have any specials so uh, you can ask some questions you can go yeah. do you have any specials and then let them because they're supposed to know the specials mm-hmm. and have you tasted any of them yeah Ask some questions. I, what's what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing? What's the most popular item on the menu? Right. Get the waiter. Get the server talking. Let them earn their tip. I, I always <laughs> like. I always love the question too. And I, my wife has done this before. Um, how's the uh, whiskey barbecue chicken wrap? Mm. As if as if the waiter is going to say it sucks. Well, you can ask. It's usually honest though. Yeah. You, what you can do is ask two different things. Say, would you like? Uh, would you recommend this or this? My I'm thinking either this or this, and then they'll usually give you, yeah, okay. An answer. But I'm look. I agree with you. I'm I'm the restaurant experience isn't all that great, especially with a three and a half year old. But sometimes mm-hmm. the wait staff does kind of rush you along because they yeah. want to get you in, get you out, get your tip, uh-huh. and then clear the table for another person. Yeah. Especially if you have kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, one last one on Gen Z and the uh, the dining experience. 
this one I've been sitting on this for a while. The New York Post with a story about how Gen Z is skipping alcohol on dates. Now 64% of Gen Z respondents say they are more likely than not to choose an alcohol-free first date. 64%. So, What's wrong with that? Yeah. Because alcohol is a good icebreaker. You have a cocktail. I'm, you take off the I'm edge. Kidding, kidding. A little of the anxiety. For all the anxiety people I'm, out there in Gen Z, have a cocktail. I'm telling you, they every generation, the next generation, they rebel against their parents. But would you agree, though, so that whatever, Jim, Go ahead. So whatever their parents think is cool and what they're going to do... The next generation is going to pretty much do the opposite. That's why I'm worried about introducing my son to to good music because I'm like <laughs> I'm going to have him listen to all this music and he's going to think it's not cool because his dad listens to it. Yeah, and he's going to go into like you know whatever the pop sensation of the day is. Oh, uh, good point. So you have to be careful. We- and like I have my hair, uh, my son's hair long. Yeah, and my wife is like he's going to rebel and he's going to shave his head. Because if you You'll think about it, tail. you do the you do the opposite of what your parents did. Like my parents always kept my hair short, yeah. which is why I have long hair now. When's the last time you had short hair? This is the longest it's ever been. Right, but like, when's the last time you actually had like a normal like without any like party in the back going on? <laughs> um, Twenty years? No, 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 no. I I've like my hair. I've let my hair grow probably since the pandemic. Okay. I've got it cut occasionally. I I don't. I've, ne- I've never seen. I mean, I I've no I've no um no framework for when your your hair was short. I've only ever seen this version of Stalker. It's been short for most of my most of my life. All right, fair enough. I just started growing it long, not too long ago. Would you agree though that Gen Z is the generation of anxiety though? Yeah. Yes. But, it's, but we should be blaming the pandemic. Oh, yeah. that's sure. what did this. Oh, yeah. Social media. Too, it exacerbated social, social, yes. social media too. So, true. Social media. But also, social media, pandemic, parents. Yep. So if you're that parent who constantly makes your kid paranoid about everything, mm-hmm. what do you expect? Yeah. All right. 855-839-1210. The phone number. It is 920 right on the dot. Time to get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I completely forgot. Oh, what a surprise. You are a saint. I should buy you a gift. You did. I always do the classy thing. Any calls? Judge Rawlings, clerk. He needs your filing. Tell him it's in the mail. Right, she'll do it next week. Mr. McKinley phone to confirm your meeting tomorrow. Strep throat. No, some kind of virus. What's going around? Asian flu. Good one. Think you know what it is? Call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Ah, and today's great prize is a pair of tickets, and it will be this each and every day, all week long, a pair of tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, January 13th through the 21st. For tickets and more information, visit phillyautoshow.com. Call at 12, 855-839-1210. Come back, see if we have our winner, and then Harry Mays will join us as we'll try to uh, dissect, break down, and forecast just how quickly the Eagle season will come to an end in the postseason. And we'll do that next on Kale and Company. Stay right there. It's Kale and Company on demand.
from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Harry Mays coming up in about five minutes. We'll get Dawn's big three at nine here in just one moment. But right now we have our winner. It's Michelle in Medford for the Morning Mystery movie clip. Say that ten times fast. Michelle, good morning. What movie did we just play for you? Liar, Liar. Liar, Liar. Yeah, Jim Carrey, circa 1997. Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Congratulations, Michelle. You've got yourself the tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and playing Michelle in Medford, our morning mystery movie clip winner. All right, we'll try to uh, make sense of what went down or did not go down yesterday in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But right now, let's get to Dawn Stenzlin's Big Three at 927. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kaylin Company. And Big Three sponsored right now, sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center. So congressional leaders have, yes, reached a deal, an agreement on the overall price tag of the next batch of government spending bills. Lawmakers have announced this, a major step toward averting a partial shutdown that's set to begin later this month. So this deal uh, would set up top-line spending for fiscal year 2024 at $1.59 trillion, the amount originally agreed to by President Joe Biden and then House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, if you recall, during those negotiations over the government's debt limit last year. So we'll be talking about this framework, no doubt, but the deal is in. I want to go to many, uh, what's going on with our airlines as we're hearing about all of these cancellations. Alaska and United Airlines have been forced to cancel hundreds of flights today because of the 737 MAX 9 grounding. So the FAA says its grounding directive impacts 171 planes around the world. We've been hearing those terrifying moments as described by those Alaska Airline passengers, their accounts after the plane lost its door plug mid-flight. Really? You know, this is like Greg Stocker's worst nightmare. This is my worst nightmare. And seeing those videos, there was an article, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, uh, where they were basically, one passenger said, can I hold your hand to the stranger sitting next to them? Like, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. I mean, they were lit- they were up there praying and doing, on, you know, little videos, even selfie videos. Like, I don't want to die. Uh-huh. It's just they were and they were texting loved trying to text loved ones and so on. But they said it was it was very scary. Wow. They found the pl- the plug this huge. And by the way, it's like sixty five seventy pounds. It's this huge piece. It's a big plug. That um, they found it in somebody's yard in Oregon. But in any event, now they they're doing basically it's a recall. Okay. If you will. Like, so, sorry, we got a recall of the plug. <laughs> uh, we also have a lot of work, housework. It's a big Monday as house lawmakers are finally back. Can you believe this? They're back from their holiday wow. winter break today. Oh. Uh, it's their first week of the 2024 legislative session. GOP majority scheduled a lot of priorities, including two separate impeachment probes, as well as a visit to Congress by, this is today, infectious disease expert dr anthony fauci i believe 10 a.m today he'll be testifying so fauci well it's going to be a closed door interview so i can't take it oh during the uh where jimmy fela is coming up so maybe he can okay fela could embody the spirit of fauci what they might be saying behind closed doors we send fela in there to bug bug (laughs) the room 
but he's going to have to field questions from lawmakers on both sides this morning and tomorrow for a marathon seven hours each day. Good. Remember Hunter Biden, they want to hold him in contempt because he he you know snubbed their subpoena. That's going on this week. And then, of course, Wednesday on the 10th, there's a lot going on with Mayorkas because there's that resolution to impeach the Homeland Secretary Mayorkas. So a lot on the plate this week as they get back to work. We are sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center, renovating a kitchen or building one from the ground up. Tommy D's Home Improvement Center is your go-to for high-quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, and molding at affordable rates. Just visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website, TommyDees.com. Thank you, Tommy Dees, for sponsoring our Big Three. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. As we welcome in our buddy, Harry Mays, who joins us each and every Monday after uh, an Eagles football game. And the theme and the trend continues where uh, I think pretty much since Harry started joining us, it's only been to talk (laughs) about a loss, which is remarkable timing. And he's with us again here this morning. What's going on, dude? Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing from my Fetterman collection today. <laughs> that is a Fetterman um, look of you. Look at you. Yeah, I've got the Fetterman going on. I've uh, been been under the weather for about a week, and uh, I'll tell you, yesterday, what, waiting around till 4:25 for that god awful football game. I actually turned it off just before halftime and put on the golf, and never went back until Bills Dolphins, which I actually watched. Uh, to its conclusion last night. That was actually the first Sunday night football game <laughs> I've watched from start to finish this season. Yeah. And the yeah. Eagles. Well, that, yeah, the, the Eagles game was not worth watching. As soon as A.J. Brown went down, it was over. Well, I mean, w- what else could go wrong? He goes down and grabs his knee. Jalen Hurts throws a pass. He hits like a Giants defender in the face mask. His middle finger is more crooked than Brian Baldinger's pinky. Yeah. So I knew it was was over at that point. But, I I mean, I'm trying to make sense of what – it's not just so much about yesterday because I had no expectations. But they have gone 1-5 down the stretch. They are legitimately limping into the playoffs against Tampa Bay. We'll get to Tampa Bay in a moment. But this this is not just, hey, they've lost games. This is not just the offensive coordinator is bad. I have no inside information, but this looks like a team, and I don't know how a 10-1 team coming off of a Super Bowl the year before could possibly quit on a season or quit on a coach, but that's what it looks like, Harry. This looks like there's something bigger at play here than just an inept coordinator. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, I'm not in there either, so I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you go from 10 and 1 to where they are now, and it's an abs- abject implosion. I mean, you don't see this uh, unless there's something else at work. And I know that, you know, they, they had the coordinator, uh, Kerfluffle, on, on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know if that had, you know, maybe, maybe some of these uh, players looked at that and said, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm out on this coach. I, I don't know, but it's, it does seem like that you know the head coach. You listen to him in post game, and he acts all you know. He's got that bravado and that that toughness, and and you know he when he wants to exude that at least to the fan base. And I know he's doing that probably to his players too. But I don't know if they're buying it right now. And uh, you know we'll see. They're favored by two and a half, which kind of leads me to think that they're going to win the game. And I thought prior to knowing that Devontae Smith was going to miss last week's game. Uh, I thought that they would beat Tampa Bay anyway. Now with A.J. Brown with a knee and Devontae Smith missing last week's game, still got the ankle issue. You mentioned Hurts' finger. 
Um, you got Blankenship with a groin. Sidney Brown is gone for the year now. Tore his ACL yesterday. He was having a nice year as a rookie. Uh, Darius Slay still has the knee issue and hasn't been heard from in a couple of weeks. So, you know, this is a banged-up football team that even when they had their players at full complement over the last five, six weeks, haven't looked themselves. So yeah. I, I really don't know what to think, except that Las Vegas seems to like them yeah. uh, next week at least. So yeah. that gives me some reason to think that they're going to be able to sort of circle the wagons, if you will, to use a Buffalo Bills analogy, mm-hmm. and and find a way to win a football game over a football team that I don't think is very good. Even though they have two really good receivers, and they got a pretty good running back who's totaled about 1,500 yards and I believe uh, uh, nine touchdowns maybe total in Rashad White, who's pretty good. And if I'm Tampa, I look at what Arizona did to the Eagles two weeks ago, and I go with that game plan in the second half, and I start out trying to run the football right down the Eagles' throats and then use play action to those those receivers and see what you can do. But, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't look himself, you know, with or without the finger issue, Uh, you know, I don't really know what to think. They just don't seem to have an identity yeah. anymore over these last, you know, five or six weeks since the schedule got tougher uh, with what San Francisco, Buffalo, and Dallas. Yeah, I mean they beat the Chiefs and the Bills, and then since yeah, then, right, the Chiefs, they, they've lost to the Niners, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. They beat the Giants, and then they mm-hmm. lost to the Cardinals and the Giants. And you said, well, they're favored over Tampa Bay. I I don't understand how they could be a road favorite at Tampa Bay. And I'm I'm kind of done buying what Vegas is trying to sell me. They said they were favored over the Giants. The Eagles were favored over the Cardinals. They were favored over the Seahawks on Monday Night Football in Seattle. They've been favored each and every game, yeah. and yet they continue to lose. Let, let me just ask you this. Um, we saw last night the Falcons fired head coach Arthur Smith. He's the first guy Good. to be said to the, sent to the chopping block. Is it possible that if the Eagles go into Tampa Bay a week from tonight, and let's say they lose in embarrassing fashion, let's say the Bucks win by double digits, is it possible that Nick Sirianni could be fired? Yes. You think that? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I, I do. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, he doesn't, you know, he, he he's not impulsive, but he doesn't wait around for things to totally cave. And it's caving right now. And if they if they do, as you said, get embarrassed in Tampa Bay, I, I would not rule it out. Okay? okay. I don't think it's going to happen, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Okay. Eagles play yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys host the Packers and the Detroit yeah. Lions host the LA Rams. Uh, your thoughts quickly, uh, on the Cowboys, because now we have seen, uh, the Eagles had the opportunity to go back to back. We have not seen a division champion repeat in the NFC East in, I think, now what, 21 consecutive years. As it's amazing. The, it really is remarkable. Yeah. And, you know, the NFL wants parity and the NFC East certainly delivers it, don't they? Yeah, they they really do, especially at the at the top. Um, you know, I, Dallas obviously, you know, heavily favored at home as they should be against the Packers, who've kind of had an overachieving type of season. You know, the da- Cowboys will move on. Uh, that you know, this is probably going to end up being you know Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, which will be a good one. But you know, the NFC East. It's got, it's interesting to see what's going to happen now because Washington obviously moved on from Ron Rivera as of this morning and you, we kind of knew all that was going to happen. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of coaching changes throughout. And I know they've hired, uh, Bob Myers, the former, uh, Golden State Warriors general manager and Rick Spielman from the Minnesota Vikings to head up their coaching search. 
So it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen down in Washington. But yeah, the NFC East uh, in total flux. Will Saquon Barkley be back with the Giants? You know, what, are they really sold on their quarterback situation? Uh, the offseason, uh, it's going to start sooner than we'd hoped, uh, I believe, here in Philadelphia, although I still think they'll win. Next week, um, I thought the line would be one and a half. It's two and a half, so that gives me reason to think that uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to pull it out. But then uh, the next week is when it all comes undone. All right, Harry Mays, great breakdown as always as he dons the Fetterman apparel on a Monday. I love Fetterman lately, man. What happened to that guy? <laughs> I know. All of a, a sudden, <laughs> he went away to an institution. He comes back a moderate, talking about you know uh, banning. Uh, Congress people from stock trading, recognizing that there's a crisis at the border. Yep. He wants to ban China from buying farmland, and he calls the Harvard administrators pinkos. Yes. I love this guy. <laughs> pinkos, and he's a Harvard grad. Yes. Good stuff. Harry Mays. Thank you, pal. Woo. There he is. Harry Mays joining us as he does each and every Monday. All right. Do uh, we want to go to the cut sheet right yes, out sir. of the gate? All right. Yes, let's sir. get to uh, what's on the cut sheet part due. What's What's on the Cut Sheet Part News? Sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center. Renovating a kitchen or building one from the ground up. Tommy D's Home Improvement Center is your go-to for quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, and molding at affordable rates. Visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website at TommyD's.com. That's TommyD's.com. Nancy Pelosi was on the ABC This Week program with uh, George Stephanopoulos. Mm. And Stephanopoulos asked her... If she thinks that Donald Trump is ineligible to be on the ballot, her answer is um, dumb, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, but uh, I don't know if she understands how laws work, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's just me. This is cut 11, Phil. Uh, go. If you believe he engaged in insurrection under the plain meaning of the 14th Amendment, you believe he's ineligible to be president. Those laws, you know, those are up to the states. They have different laws from state to state. I don't think he should ever have been Constitution. president. But nonetheless, <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, that, uh, there, there is a view of the Constitution in Article 14, Section 3, that he should not be uh, able to run for president. But that's not the point. The point now is, um, that, again, different states have different laws. We don't think in California that it, it applied. Uh, in our state, that's what the decision was made here. But anyway, not to go into that because that's very intricate. Mm. What is very clear is that the American people want us to honor our oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. It's translation. It's very clear. Nancy Pelosi <laughs> has the biggest case of Trump der- derangement syndrome mm-hmm. on the planet. I mean, remember, this was the lady who, remember when they were filming, I mentioned this in the big take this morning, mm-hmm. uh, when her daughter was filming her, she was like, oh, I've been waiting for this day. I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to punch him right in the face. She obviously, she was taken off guard by that question. She she, she didn't answer it correctly. And it's... It, it, you can you can also hear the trepidation and like she knows it's not a good strategy for these states to start taking him off the of ballot course it's not. because she say what you will about her she's a political animal and she's very good at politics and she knows that this is this is a terrible decision that these states are making. That's right. And it's going to backfire on them. SCOTUS will hear it on February 8th, and also 27 other state attorney generals have joined in on uh, the support of Donald 
J. Trump. Cut 17 here. Uh, she also says the quiet part out loud uh, while talking to um, Stephanopoulos, basically saying that, look, it's a campaign year, so we have to start giving a crap what our constituents say. Oh. This is Cut 17. Go. We have people who don't want to believe the truth for whatever attitudes they have otherwise. But again, during this period, this campaign year, it behooves us uh, to speak with respect for all concern in a unifying way to bring people together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we don't want to speak with them any other time of the year, but it's a campaign year, so we have to pretend like we care. I've read the polls, and Trump has taken 24% of the black support away from Joe Biden, and Trump now leads in the Hispanic poll, so now we have to pretend like we really care about these other groups of people, because why? Democracy is at stake, a.k.a. it's an election year, so year four we have to really rev it up again and Uh, sell them a bill of goods, uh, which hopefully they stop buying. One person who's not uh, politically astute is D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser because she was on MSNBC and she supports every state taking an aggressive action to keep President Trump off of the ballot. This is cut 12, Phil Go. Do you think he should be barred from any ballots given his actions on January 6th? Well, I support every state taking very aggressive action um, to, to keep him off the ballot. Uh, he is undergoing uh, you know, court action across America. Oh my God! Another another progressive that has lost their city and has gone to hell in a handbasket under their watch. Bowser also has TDS. Um, and the thing about her is so frustrating is she's another one who campaigned on kind of going after Trump. If you if you want to go back and look at some of her um, uh, campaign videos yep. that are on YouTube, another one with a vendetta from day one. Boy, they 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 just. They really don't know and what they're, they're all doing. They're going to lose. This. They all look stupid in doing so. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. Just, it, you know, you really think you have a winning message and you really think that you can galvanize your base to come out and you really have that much. Just, you know, if you think you can defeat them, then defeat them in, at the ballot box. Like, what that's, are they doing? I mean, that's what Gavin Newsom said, right? That's how we do it in California. Imagine that. Imagine him being the voice of reason for, mm-hmm. for the Democrats. No, he and, Trump, he, he and Trump are kind of friends. Well, is it, li- He's another one like uh like what's her name Pelosi. He's a political beast. He knows politics and he knows that it's going to backfire. All right, finally, uh, then we have to break. Uh, this is uh, Google's DEI leader. <laughs> they still have one, Adrielle Parker. Uh, she was on a she was giving some interview somewhere. She's actually very upset that parents are teaching their kids not to judge others uh, based on their skin color. Oh, so everything <laughs> should be judged based upon so, skin color. So what we say, you know, or, or what the great Martin Luther King said about and judge not by the color you know, of your skin, but the content, content of your character. character. And she says hogwash to all of that. Yes. Uh, this is what she said. Go. In the year 2023, it also amazes me how many people are like, well, I don't see color or it would be so much better if we just didn't worry about someone's skin tone. You as an individual are contributing to the problem because our broader society sees color and it's not just physically seeing a color. There is so much more to it than just that. And if you don't understand that, you are again part of the problem. And it's just to keep 
telling people that over and over is so frustrating. And I was just on TikTok and there's a trend where parents are teaching their kids not to see color, quote unquote. And I'm like, That's a OK, so the next round of people that are going to be joining our workforce, this next generation are going to be dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with now, because to say you don't see color, you don't see me. You don't care to acknowledge oh my the struggles that people mm. like me face. And we're not looking for problems. We're not, <laughs> you know, like. She is. She <laughs> absolutely is looking for it. She wow. wants to continue to be the victim. I mean, so let me get this straight. By her logic, so it, back in back in the day when there was a a, a a level of racism that was running amok and running rampant, that was a problem. Now we've gotten past that, and we lo- we don't look at people's skin color, but based on their merit and whether or not they're a good person. Now that's that. Now that's the problem. It's yeah. almost as if they they don't want it. To, I thought it was the politicians that didn't want racism to go away. Now I actually think it's people in certain segments of the population in communities that don't want it to go away. What a warped world we're living in. Yeah. These parents, parents that say on TikTok, don't look at people's race. You're part of the problem. Okay. Hell of a hill to die on. Boy, we went backwards as a society. I, I, I feel like we're living in bizarro world. Yeah. Right. Sad. By the way, Harry Mays was brought to you by Holland Floor Covering, the region's premier flooring dealer, family operated for over 50 years, providing exceptional service and professional installation. No charge samples, no obligation estimates. Learn more. HollandFloor.com. We'll come back, wrap it up with what's on tap for the Dawn Show today and who won Twitter and YouTube today. Kale & Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, you can watch us on YouTube, The Dawn Show, coming up in about eight minutes. And we find out what she has lined up for 10 o'clock this morning. Yes, so uh, this is going to be great, a real treat. Jimmy Fela joins me just about 10.03, 10.04-ish after I update, you know, give you some of the latest updates, but we'll have a lot of fun. He is celebrating his weekly Fox Saturday night show. He got the gig. I saw that. Right? So we're so proud of him. And he's on, uh, what is that? I think, uh, what time is he on each and every week now? Is that eight or nine, I think? Is it Fox? Um, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday yeah. nights. Yeah. yeah. So he... But I remember when he remember when he first filled in for the Zioli show back mm-hmm. in the day, and we didn't really know him that well. Got to know him, so you just I think we're all rooting for him. Yeah. He's just done great things. Yeah. So we'll catch up with Jimmy Fela. He's so funny and have some laughs during these serious times. We'll update you on everything. There's so much breaking in the 10 a.m. hour locally and nationally. We'll update you on that. And then Julie Bauke of the Bauke Group. She'll join me about 11:05 ish. Talk about remote opportunities, working in 2024, so workplace, economy type issues that we will explore in the 11 a.m. hour. Okay. I would like to say this about Jimmy Fallon, to your point, Don. Um, I feel like we we kind of had dibs on him a long time ago. Are you yeah. taking cl- are you credit taking credit for his, his well, rise? To be fair, to be fair, he was filling in on this morning show in Philadelphia before he was ever a big. Fox News star. Oh, okay. and yeah. you know, I'm just saying that he's he's. Uh, we take credit for Jimmy Fallon on this radio station. At Did, the very least, we were his good luck charm. I think he's giving. Least. I think he's giving Gutfeld a push for the funniest guy on Fox. To be honest, 
I think he's hysterical. Well, they're a different. I think they're a different kind no, of fun. Yeah, here we go. Sure. Dawn with the with the with, with yeah, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody, everybody, no, but they're very everybody's different. funny yeah, in no, different their styles ways. Are different, but yeah. the the two funny guys at Fox. Yeah. And I think he's been uh, his rise with comedy is just is hilarious. So he's always got. I, I particularly like him when he joins. Um, I think he he'll pop on with Gutfeld and Tyrus mm-hmm. and that rotating yeah. cast at night. It's always good. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up, Greg Stocker, with uh, who won Twitter and YouTube today? Who won Twitter? Uh, Mike Braun wins Twitter. He says, stay strong, Phil. There are people who don't want Apple. Samsung is a great phone. Maybe you should both switch to Samsung. Maybe we don't like buying products from commies. <laughs> so there's, uh, uh, Phil, if you want to jump on the mic, there's a, there's a, there's a defender of yours, so Mike Phil's Braun. Phil's wife checks in. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. see? Good work on So nothing, there's nothing we can do to have you switch to Apple, huh? Not a chance. It's how he identifies. Let him be. Yeah. My pronouns are green box. <laughs> I, it's just, it's it's so infuriating with the Kale and Company thread and then the text thread with yep. all the on-air people yesterday. Yep. There's one green box and it's Phil Alcorn. There's always somebody that's got to make this show difficult and it's never this guy. Yeah. Amazing how that works. Yeah. All right, Phil. Mike Braun uh, is 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 your defender on this Monday. There you go. Uh, YouTube or anything else? No, no, that's no. it. Just Twitter it, today. YouTube is hard to like. There's so many good comments, yeah. but it like they refresh, and then I can't see ones uh, from earlier. Oh, so okay. it's a convenience thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. You should take another day or two off. Maybe you should uh, you know go home and think about it for a little bit. Come back on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Wow. A little sassy. Yeah, a little bit. Why? Yeah. Why are you so sassy this morning? I don't know. We had a lot of bounce in my step. No alcohol. Uh, this is gonna be a new Nick. I'm gonna be taking shots left and right. It won't be alcohol. Jimmy Fallon coming up with Dawn at ten o five. How about that? Ten o five. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. And as uh, the man who said the southern border is a crisis. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Start your day with Kale and Company weekday mornings six till ten on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT and the Free Odyssey app.